section of Mahaprabhu's life as Bhaganda Leela is characterized primarily by his uh, starting to, become, um, to be educated, going to school, leaving home. way and in the context of doing so, it's apparent that he objected to that um, abuse of the widows and in a very kind of simple way, without much clarification, um, emphasized that the goddess should be followed by everyone. This, of course, before he's manifested himself as a, as a Vaishnava. So, an important uh, teaching, we discussed it to some extent. His mother agreed, of course, and uh, began following. Then Tabi Mishra Bishwaru Per Dekir Jovan Kanya Chahi Vivahadite Rilainamon. Thereafter, seeing that Vishwaru was grown up, was growing up, was a grown up youth, Jagannath Mishra wanted to find a girl. And arrange a marriage ceremony for him as the elder brother of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Vishwarup Shuni. Vishwarup heard this, Garachadi Padilla, and he left home. Sanyas Kodiya Pitta, Kodibari Dila. And he traveled from one place of pilgrimage to another. Shunishati Mishra Duki Koilaman Tabi Prabhu Mata Pitar Koila Ashwasan. When Satyamata and Jagannath Mishra heard of the departure of their elder son, Vishnu, they were very unhappy. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu tried to console them. Palahuila Vishpurup Sanyas Korila Pitrikul Matrikul Dui Udharila. My dear mother and father, the Lord said, it is very good that Vishwarupa has accepted sannyas, for he has thus delivered both his father's family and his mother's family. Amitā kuribatoma dunhār sevan shuniya santushtahela pitta matar man. Mahaprabhu assured his parents that he would serve them, and thus the minds of his father and mother were satisfied. So here the uh, sannyas of Vishvarup is mentioned. This is the shortest, probably the shortest chapter of Chaitanya Chaitanya, believe it or not, we're um, halfway through it, <laughs> in 15 verses. It only has 30, 30, 30 few, 34 verses in it. And um, the balance of it here is, uh, for the most part, about what's been discussed here. The sannyas, the Vishvarup, and Mahaprabhu's uh, words on that 
followed by his marriage. So, uh, aside from a couple of anecdotes, like the uh, instructing his mother on sannyas, asking her to observe the, the, the sannyas, and which will come shortly, his um, eating betel nut and becoming intoxicated, which is connected uh, further, as we'll see, with uh, with Vishparup and the sannyas leader. So, the sannyas leader and his getting married, which the chapter culminates in, is uh, basically the sum and substance of the chapter. It can be summed up in the words of Bhakti Vinod Grihijana Shikshaka Nyashikulanaya in the song about Mahaprabhu. Grihijana Shikshaka, he was perfect uh, example, taught by example, as a householder, and Nyasikula Nayaka. He was a Nayaka of the uh, hero of the Sanyasis. The word Nayaka is a, is a term uh, from the um, Ras Shastra about uh, heroes, lovers, different types of lovers, with different temp- temperaments and so forth. Mm. It's a curious word to use in, in relation to the sannyas of Mahaprabhu, because obviously, as a sannyasi, he's not a lover in the romantic uh, sense of the term, just the, just the opposite, forgoing that um, type of relationship. But, um, but to his sannyas, Nyasipula Nayaka, he uh, he charmed the hearts of the world, so it's very, de- very dear to us. His sannyas. He is described, of course, in, and that will come in, at, at the end here, not of this chapter, but the end of the next chapter when we then segue into the into the Madhilila, where Mahabha, which is characterized by Mahabhu taking sannyas. But here the idea is brought up, um, and of course he does take sannyas. And I was saying it's. Uh, mentioned like this, that his sannyas uh, is um, that by which he's captured all of us, our hearts. What does it say there? Chaktivasudhus tedasurips tenajanakshmin dhanishta arya matasayar varanyam mayamrigam daita ipsita manvaravad unde mahapurushati charanaradam So he gave up the Rajlakshmi this, of course, refers to Vishnu Priya, who is his second wife. Here in this chapter, in the marriage to Lakshmi Priya, um, is first uh, introduced, that subject. But um, after she passed away, Sachi wanted him to marry again. And uh, he did to Vishnu Priya, but he gave up Vishnu Priya. Tukva seduced Sadhusalip to Raj Lakshmi, which is described as the Raj Lakshmi. And um, Ostensibly, he did so uh, on the curse of a Brahmin who, I believe it was the Brahmin who wanted to enter into Mahaprabhu's kirtan in the courtyard of Srivastakwa, but uh, on the basis of the fact that he was lived a pure life, he, uh, um, evidence for which was that he only drank milk. So it means he didn't even pick any fruits, didn't even uproot any carrots. Uh, 
He just drank milk. And Mahaprabhu said, not just by drinking milk can you enter my kirtan. As I said, one to, one to one vegan, not just by not drinking milk, <laughs> can you enter into this kirtan. There are points where our philosophy connects with the vegan philosophy, and there are points where we depart also, and for very good good, good reasons. Hmm. It's a bigger, ours is a much bigger picture, it's much more um, within it. Hmm. So, um, he cursed Mahaprabhu, and you'll never have a, you'll have an unhappy, unsuccessful family life. So he wanted the, uh, he, 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 Krishna honors the, uh, the, uh, the words of the Brahmins. They're supposed to speak the truth, so it's supposed to come true <laughs> by his, uh, his power that they, uh, they represent. Truthfulness is one of the qualities of the Brahman. Anyway, Mahaprabhu made it happen. And at the time, it's said that uh, he was uh, somewhat happy about that, the implications of it being that he wouldn't be entangled in family life. And, of course, he set an example as a sadhaka for all of us. So, the words of the the Brahman, Dharmishta Arya, Bhachasaya, caused him to go Aranyam into the forest. This is means sannyas. Grihetako, Vanitako, where you live in the house or the forest. Chant Aranyam, forest. And Maya, what did he do there? He, uh, he went after those who were bewildered by Maya. He showed mercy to them. So this is an interesting point, um, where it's described in relation to the idea that sannyas is not uh, um, allowed in Kali Yuga, Prophet comments, um, along those lines with regard to Vishwarup's taking sannyas and Mahaprabhu's saying it was a good thing to do as he has here it's a good thing he told his parents by that you, you, you'll be delivered and so forth so the question may arise that wait a minute it's said that in Kali Yuga one should not take sannyas and Mahaprabhu's saying it's a good thing that Vishwarup took sannyas so he seems to be contradicting the uh, the scriptures. Hmm. And this is a scripture that Mahaprabhu himself quoted when speaking to the Chand Kazi. Um, when Sankirtan congregated at the door <coughs> of the house of the Chand Kazi, he came down and so forth. But Mahaprabhu cited this verse not in relation to sannyas, which he hadn't taken at the time, but in relation to the one of the other five things that are restricted in Kali Yuga. How's it first go? Um, Ashvamedam. Ashvamedam gavalandam sannyasa palapaitrakam devarena sutot. Kalo pancha devartiya. Yeah, five things. Not taking sannyasa. Sannyasa is forbidden. Um, begetting a son in one's brother's wife's womb, which was a custom. If the man, the husband, was impotent, and couldn't um, 
no longer important. Then there were, then the mother, the, the woman was stuck without any children, so sometimes the brother would be commissioned. This was uh, a system. Sounds odd in our culture, but um, it's not as odd as, as, as you think. Everything we do is weird and odd, and everything, everything everybody does is weird and odd, <laughs> unless <laughs> it's the time in which it's being done, uh, for the most part. So, at any rate, uh, and, and, the, and, the, and the fifth thing is, so, beginning the son in one's brother's wife's womb, um, taking sannyas, uh, um, horse, sacrifice. Hmm? horse sacrifice horse sacrifice and cow sacrifice oh, that's not five <laughs> anyway those are the things the, how, the animal sacrifice which there are Vedic conjunctions for um, are forbidden in Kali Yuga and that is what he was why he was citing the verse to the Chandakazi who was a in, involved in in the merciless Act of, um, of cow slaughter, as uh, in terms of his dietary uh, uh, regime, as the Muslims uh, typically they're, they're, they are meat eaters, and so Mahaprabhu invoked this verse, and then he went on and explained and said, well, "What kind of religion is it that says you should kill your mother?" Um, maybe. Was it Mahaprabhu who invoked the verse, or maybe the Unachana cause? He was a learned fellow. And he said, Well, you do it in your religion too. I think Mahaprabhu, maybe Mahaprabhu quoted the verse. He said, That's another thing. That's another age, and that's particular sacrifice. It's not just for, for, for eating or for the tongue, and the animals were rejuvenated by mantras, it's thought, and so forth and so on. So he quoted it for a different reason. Um, but there are um, persons in Chaitanya Vaishnavism who have um, found fault with our Acharya uh, the uh, most revered Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur who instituted a sannyas ashram in his uh, lineage in the Bhakti Vinod Party Bhakti um, they take exception to that and cited as evidence for his being deviant from the Sampradaya. Bhaktisiddhanta hmm. um, Saraswati Thakur, of course, was quite revolutionary and he was uh, uh, a critic critic of his own tradition of Gaudi Vaishnavism and hypocrisy that he saw within it and so forth. And um, and what he thought to be a a cheapening of very high ideals. I think he was very correct in that, and he was commissioned by Bhaktivinoda to try to uh, address that. It was no small small task. And uh, on the basis of that, he was actually getting young young men uh, to join who were educated. I, I don't know about educated women, I don't know how much they were going to school in those days, but higher class people, if you will, rather than people just born in Bangladesh and become a Godia because you're, you're born as a Godia and, and you're nominally a, a Godia Vaishnava without any something began and so forth. So he was quite successful and of course, his, as we know, his outreach went beyond India and here we are today and so forth. So, um, he was very successful in his aim of bringing dignity 
to Gaudiya Vaishnavism, attention to it from educated people um, in, in the modern world, and, uh, and we're a testament to that. Of course, it was a big task, and so he, some of his preaching strategies were useful at the time, but the shelf life has passed, and, and, and we, we consider that in our um, preaching and so on and so forth. But um, revolutionary as he was at the time, um, he creates some enemies. But when it's in a very simple example of this, when I was young, I used to distribute Prabhupada's books. Sometimes people would complain. And then devotees would complain to Prabhupada. Some people would complain when he's selling books like this. And, and uh, Prabhupada said, well, if there's, if there's preaching, there will be complaining. If there's no complaints, then there will be no preaching. Hmm? <laughs> so preaching is, is not just pacifying people and patting them on the back, but, but challenging them, challenging their understanding and trying to help them go forward and kind of as you can see, I'm kind of a deconstructionist in, in some ways, <laughs> making people question their, um, examine their beliefs and so forth for the sake of making their faith strong. Um, example I give sometimes is uh, taking steel and putting it in fire, and then just before it melts, you pull it out, and it becomes harder. So we need to sometimes uh, take the fire of our intellect and, and, uh, the iron of our heart and let it melt a little bit <laughs> and then become stronger. Hmm? Not harder, but stronger. Hmm? One soft heart is a strong one. It beats strongly for Mahaprabhu's uh, conception. So, uh, so he, he, he he created some, 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 some enemies and um, so after his passing then there was a rise of criticisms and so on and so forth. And um, they're still going on today, unfortunately. This is one of them. Um, I haven't heard it too much in recent times, but in my life I heard it a number of times. Um, as an example of how our party bar, coming from Dr. Minot, and particularly from Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsapitaka, is deviant because the sannyas order sannyas is not part of bhakti hmm? uh, it's a it's a it's an anga of of gyan not of the bhakti marg uh sanatan they didn't take sannyas hmm. um, in hari bhakti vilas maybe um, maybe rupa bhakti said that uh, that the uh, the, uh, somewhere, uh, somewhere, maybe it was Sanatan, said they should wear white, hmm? rejecting the, 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 the uh, red cloth, saffron cloth of the, of the Ghanis, and so on and so forth. So they make these kind of arguments, and in the context of making these arguments, they cite the verse um, that I mentioned, uh, forbidding the sannyas in Kali Yuga. So these are, unfortunately, Kali Yuga arguments. <laughs> which is a time characterized by our argumentativeness and so forth for the sake of argument, unfortunately. Um, and they're very, um, they're, they're very Kanishtadikari type of arguments in that they're about details, not about principles. There is a principle in Gaudiya Vaishnavism of, of renunciation. Renunciation is not 
in Gaudiya Vaishnavism what it is in the Gyanmarg. In the, in the Gyanmarg, renunciation is part of the way. Detachment, uh, bhairagya, is an anga, a limb of the body of the Gyanmarg. So it's part of the way. Bhairagya, we know, and the Gyan that accompanies it, Gyan and Bhairagya, Gyan here means the knowledge of the difference between the self and the body and the extent to which the self is one with Bhagwan and the corresponding renunciation that uh, it follows it. The two kind of feed one another. The knowledge feeds the renunciation, the Bhairagya, the Bhairagya feeds the knowledge. Hmm? So this is how the Gyanmar works. This is one of its angas. It's not an anga of bhakti. And Rupa Goswami makes the point, Gyan and Bhairagya. They are not angas of bhakti, but there is a place for them, hmm? nonetheless. And he invokes the term, of course, as, as you're all familiar with, Yukta Vairagya. And um, this is the not renouncing things that are in relation to Krishna, hmm? thinking them to be material. And being uh, attached to them only in the context of how they can be utilized in the service of Krishna. If you go, for example, I, I met a girl once who uh, was uh, had become a devotee, and previous life to that, she had been wandering in India and gone to the Himalayas, and, and she had been to Vrindavan. She had some japa beads, and she hadn't joined or decided that she should be a devotee yet. She was just looking for spirituality. So she met these gyanis. Uh, Tyagis, Gyanis, Renunciates, and um, they said, throw away those beads. The beads should be thrown away. Mm. They're, they're, they're Sarguna, they're of the, wor- they're of the world. Mm. Um, so this was their idea. So this is the kind of thing Rupa Goswami was, uh, uh, was speaking about, or the examples given of Mahaprasad. Mm. One should not, uh, if one's offered Mahaprasadam, that's why Rupa Goswami explains that Bhairagya in Gyanmar can, if not invariably, lead to offense. Interesting idea um, in relation to bhakti. So if I offer you prasadam, you say, no, fasting, then you have made offense to it, but not prasadam. Thinking that fasting, foregoing the food, is more spiritual than accepting food that's been first um, enjoyed by Bhagwan. Hmm? So we are not about fasting, we are about, we are about fasting, but it's a very, in a unique way. We're living on the uh, remnants of Krishna. We're offering everything to Krishna. If something's left over, then we have to eat it. <laughs> we have to honor it, something like that. And, and the energy we get from that we use for service and so forth. So. This is just one example. The beautiful example from the Bhagavatam I like to cite is of Uddhava, who says, Our renunciation is wearing your vestments. And Krishna was in his royal uh, leela as a prince at Dwarka at the time. So you can imagine what his getup was. You, know? you remember when he was in, in Mathura and uh, he met the, the tailor and he said, I think those are pretty fine looking duds there. Yeah. We we should wear those, and that was was being prepared for the king. Hmm. 
And the tailor, I think, objected, didn't he? And Krishna took it anyway. And Krishna Balram marched in to the wrestling arena with 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 clothes that were meant for the king. So they were doing the right thing. <laughs> they were the kings themselves. Imagine what the, how how bold they were, emboldened, walking through Mathura to the to the dais to meet with the wrestlers and so forth, and coming dressed in king's clothes. So um, anyway, in Dwarka they were certainly well well dressed, and when outfit when he got tired of an outfit, then we pass it on down to Uduva. Uduva would wear it. That's the idea. So he said. This is our renunciation. It doesn't look like renunciation if you're dressing in the latest fashions and so forth and, uh, and so on. But, but it, it's a very strong, powerful, powerful form of renunciation because it's one thing to forego enjoying or exploiting things of the world for one's sense pleasure. Hmm? It's another thing altogether to be a servant of the one to whom all things belong. If I say, I'm not going to take anything, that's that's one thing. But it, that's, in one sense, easier to do for the, for the enjoying ego, easier a pill to swallow than becoming a servant. Just like we were saying, uh, I had said it before, but Sean brought it up apparently the other morning when you were discussing that moksha, if you translate it as freedom, you see how desirable it is. Everybody wants freedom. Everybody wants to work only because by doing it they can get a vacation. They can have time off, free time to do, not have to do anything. I don't have to do anything. Everybody wants freedom. And we are marketing slavery. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, I'll give an example before. If you were to take your karma and your your let's say your enjoying spirit, dig a big hole and put it inside and cover it up, hmm, that's one thing. Um, but it's pretty strong. So the possibility of it surfacing again um, remains. But if you if you put it in a hole and then you build a temple on top of it hmm? and form Krishna Bhakti, it'll never, it'll never come up. Hmm? It can never arise. Hmm? So they say in sports sometimes that a good defense, the best defense is a good offense. Hmm? So Bhakti is, is, is on the offense and, um, and it takes things and is, using Prophet's poetic language in his Bhagavatam commentary, excavates their connection with their source. Like a miner excavates uh, so excavates and finds the jewel, the value of the thing. The value of the world and all that it's constituted of is, is realized in understanding that from whom it comes and for whom it, to whom it belongs. You have this part out here. The whole thing is the world. It's a part what to do with it, what's its meaning. Everyone's trying to figure this out. Hmm? And, uh, of course, it comes from somebody, it has a source. 
connecting it with the source is the, is the end of all the problems. All of the problems are the symptoms of this one um, disease of seeing it separate from its source. Mm. Then you can think of any number of things to do with it, what it might be, or, um, how it could be, and so on and so forth. But the simple act of connecting the part with its whole answers the whole question. Hmm? If I have a little part from this uh, recorder, and we put it in the room, we don't see it in relation to its to, it, to its uh, whole, then we can figure out something to do with it, perhaps. But suddenly when we just put it next to the end of the machine, and it records the talk, and it's so um, meaningful. Hmm? So the world has a source from the Bhagavatam's perspective, and to excavate everything in the world's connection, and, and that's the, through the medium of, of service. So this is... Um, you can understand that their, their renunciation is, is found within that, because you're not... the idea of not taking it for yourself is entirely included within that. Hmm? But the add-on is that you're giving it to someone else, to whom it belongs. And that becomes also a very powerful means for for giving up um, the enjoying spirit itself. If if you know, if you get enough sambandhagyam, you will know, at least theoretically, you will know, and if you apply yourself, um, you will know in, 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 a, in, a, um, in a realized sense that everything belongs to Krishna. So knowledge of the proprietorship of a thing diminishes in an honest person the tendency to enjoy it for themselves. If you know it belongs to somebody else, if I see a beautiful girl and I think, oh, I'd like to end it, but I know she's already married to someone else. She belongs there. They belong together. And I'm a decent person now immediately back off. Hmm. So, um, this is our uh, simple way, if you will, <coughs> but a very profound and powerful way of uh, bringing about in renunciation indirectly by bringing into the picture to whom everything belongs hmm. and then relating to things accordingly, automatically, you see. The renunciation is a byproduct of that. Hmm. Rupa Goswami just says a little renunciation may be helpful. It means to say that, and he goes on to say, that too much being an enjoyer and too much being a, a renouncer makes, makes one less qualified to proceed on the path of bhakti because both are included in bhakti. Hmm. Sometimes we have to enjoy things on behalf of Krishna. Sometimes we have to give up things that would be enjoyable for the service of Krishna. So, um, it's true that, that Bhairagya and uh, sannyas are not um, angas of bhakti, but there certainly is Bhairagya. In bhakti, janayati asu vairagyam jnanam chayrahoitkam vasudeve bhagavati bhakti yoga prayojita. Indeed, it said that in bhakti yoga, janayati asu vairagyam jnanam chayrahoitkam very quickly, jnana um, by ragya that are difficult. The implication is, by the path of jnana, 
that's focused on them. They are a means there. Hmm? Um, their, their principle, that's the principle anga of bhakti. Hmm? Um, they're, they're very easily realized um, when in the context of bhakti without, without trying. That's kind of the idea. Hmm? If you love Krishna, this is the positive focus, then that which is not pleasing to Krishna, that which is not favorable to bhakti, then you let that go. If there are things in the world that are favorable to bhakti, hmm? um, I remember when I was very young, in Prabhupada's movement, when I had just joined, a, um, you know, I was a hippie, so we had long hair and a beard and, and so forth, and then I learned that, 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 that at the time <laughs> that, uh, that the, the Vaishnava is dressed like this, and, and so uh, I thought, it's favorable for Krishna. So. And then I used to shave every day. Oh, it was terrible. Later, I, later, Prabhupada said, every two weeks is fine, you know. But the, in those days, we used to shave our heads every week, once a week, and face every day, Prabhupada wanted everybody clean and so forth. So, according to our guru, it was, was pleasing to, to, to him and to, and to Krishna for, in the context of our service. So, so we accepted it. Many other things as well. Cold showers, and <laughs> as it was, getting up early and so on and so forth. But... Um, you see the wholesomeness of bhakti. Hmm. So, it, it, like I was saying, I've said a number of times, karma cancels out jnana, and jnana cancels out karma. And, and so, they, you know, if you don't have knowledge, then you're pursuing things in the world, and and you have attachments and so forth. If you have knowledge, you give that up. You become a contemplative. So. Action and knowledge kind of cancel one another out, as I'm speaking about it. But action and knowledge are both found in love. There's movement in love, there's a kind of knowing in love as well. And of course, in divine love, there is the knowing that I am not the body as well. And there's all kinds of movements, just like within karma. You can shop, you can grow, you can cook, you can... Dress and de- decorate the deity, and so on and so forth. So that's why bhakti is difficult uh, to understand. The implication is for a jnani. Vaishnavera kriyamudra buja. It's difficult to understand the motives of a Vaishnava. That's why you you'll find this in, in, in some of these schools of gyan, they have this idea that bhakti is for emotional people, it's kind of a Kind of like karma, Ishkam karma, bhakti, pretty similar this idea. Here. They can't quite let go and, and so forth. Uh, so um, it, it allows them still to be involved with worldly things and so forth. Uh, um, it's okay, but this is their misunderstanding of bhakti. This isn't the uttam, this uttam bhakti. That is, this, that is a form of bhakti for them. Actually, hmm? for the weak ones in their group, well, actually for the smart ones in their group, hmm? <coughs> because without that sattviki bhakti, they can never enter Brahman. That is impossible. Hmm? So now the Goswami says in Brihad Bhagavatamrita, it's possible. I will admit, he says, 
that, that you can attain Atmananda, self-realization without bhakti. But it's hardly worth talking about because it's, it's, it's practically meaningless. Hmm? In comparison to what you can get with bhakti, which, in relation to the jnana mark, wherein the goal, certain types of jnana, is, is sayujamukti. Hmm? He's saying sayujamukti is huge compared to Atmananda. Because you can be, you can understand and experience, you realize that I'm not the body, but that doesn't mean that you're, you can necessarily enter into Brahman. For that you need some bhakti. Without entering into Brahman, there's no mukti. Therefore, Bhagavatam says, what describes that such persons as Vimukta Manina, Abhishuddha Buddhaya. They think they're liberated, Ajivan Mukta. Hmm. But because they disrespect Bhakti, they have to fall down hmm. from that penultimate state. So he said it, it, it doesn't matter. It's like there's no moral victory in coming in second. <laughs> <laughs> I went. I was just one step from liberation. Okay. Mean you're a conditioned soul. Is <laughs> that what you mean? Another way of talking about it, right? You're you're in samsara. Oh, okay, that's the way he, he he speaks about it, and rightfully so. Hmm? So a little bit of bhakti goes a long way. Hmm? Unfortunately, for some, for the mayavad form of the gyanmarg, Vishvanathakurthabha comments, it's very difficult to avoid offense to bhakti. Hmm? Very difficult. So, no sayuja, no mukti. Of course, the whole idea of what sayuja constitutes there is is uh, is uh, not uh, supportable by the shastra. There is a jiva. Jiva is not an illusion. There is a jiva. It can enter into Brahman. There is a sayuja mukti. It's not that the jiva is Brahman. So, so. Um, so Vaishnavira Kriyamuna Bhagavan Buddha difficult to understand the motives of a Vaishnava. For a Gani, a learned person, difficult for them to understand who are the Vaishnavas. They think we're like karmis, a little different, we're doing the pasana. It's good. And amongst Gyanis they say who are doing it, those are the most intelligent Gyanis. They they can get mukti. So bhakti very subtle. Sometimes, most sometimes, the most obvious things are the most difficult to to apprehend, to understand. Hmm? Bhakti is very common sense. Puja Patridamarsh used to give a nice example of Alexander the Great when he went to conquer India, and it was said, "Whoever can untie the Gordian knot, whatever that was, can conquer." And many people came and tried to untie the knot. Big powerful people, and young Alexander came and said, "I can do it." And everybody laughed at him and said, "Okay." You try and like, pull out a sword and cut it. He said, oh, yeah, come on, anybody could <laughs> do that. Nobody could. And he, <laughs> he conquered India. Hmm. About Columbus, it was said, anybody who could stand an egg on its end can cross the ocean, which is flat, as they thought. And no one could do it, so no one would dare to go. He said, I can do it. He had an egg in it, made a little dent in it, set it up. And he said, ah, but he crossed the ocean. So, so, it's a very common sense thing that is very uncommon. Hmm. 
common sense is a, is a, is a, is a, is a positive scarcity of, of common sense. Hmm. And here's common sense idea right, of renunciation. That we should give up not the thing, but the false sense of, of owning the thing by way of understanding to whom it does belong and then using it in that person's service. And so because that involves often, um, well, I've given you some examples, just taking prashadam, uh, chanting with beads, and so on. Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasvatthakura obviously extended that to the modern world, to employing motor cars, printing presses, and so on. And so, so he's even harder, harder Vaishnava to understand for Vaishnavas. Hmm? Um, and in the context of his innovations, he instituted a, uh, a sannyas order, big deviation. But as we can see, as I'm speaking about it, it's just a detail. There is renunciation in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and there is even a formal um, order of renunciation. The uh, um, the Raktis, the, the, the Bhajanandi, the the, the, the uh, uh, the popular uh, term is, is Babaji in Hari Bhakti Vilas, the mantras are given there. So the same mantras given to the Babajis and to the sannyasis in Gaudiya Sampradaya. Hmm? There's no difference. So if the, if the mantra is the same, does the clothes make the mantra bad? Hmm? Does the color of the cloth, is that more powerful than the mantra and the spirit in which it's given? Hmm? the realization behind the, the giver and so forth you see, it becomes silly arguments about details not about principles hmm? yeah it's a detail it should be done like this we have, but there may be reasons for a, a, a an akinshan bhakta hmm? an ananya bhakta exclusive bhakta who is uh, compelled out of compassion to share the teaching of Mahaprabhu, or, or who is driven by wanting to see the dignity of Mahaprabhu's teaching uh, acknowledged and recognized in the world, to make whatever adjustments he or she deems fit to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, this is what characterized Bhaktisiddhanta, and it's very difficult to, to dismiss that because even the critiques uh, of modern day, they're all, they wouldn't be involved if it, if it weren't for his. His mission. So it, it needs to be seen. He and our proper needs to be seen as these are the people that tweak the thing in ways that, well, you know, they changed it a little bit and, uh, for a purpose. And the purpose has been accomplished. Hmm. That should be honored and recognized and seen, seen as such and, uh, and so forth. Not to, to dismiss them over, over such uh, details. So here, what is the point? That there is a verse in the Purana that says you shouldn't take sannyas in Kali Yuga. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said it's very good that Vishnu has taken sannyas. And of course, Mahaprabhu himself um, took sannyas. Hmm. So how do we resolve this, uh, this, this, this contradiction? Um, throughout the scriptures, you can find 
mentions of sannyas, descriptions of sannyas. In Bhagavatam, the 11th canto, there's a long section about the Avanti Brahmana who took sannyas and so on and so forth. And all of these scriptures are written down for Kali Yuga. <laughs> so, uh, Shankar was a, you know, was a sannyasi. So it's, it's a huge precedent of sannyas or some form of renunciation. It really doesn't, as I say, really in essence doesn't make any difference. It's not to say, you shouldn't take sannyas and Kali Yuga means that you could take Babaji. It, it, it's, it's a meaningless argument. Absolutely meaningless. Mm-hmm. You understand? <laughs> Because it's it's just another form of being a tyagi, being a renunciate, mm-hmm. um, living in the forest. Aranya, we said, means the forest. But Mahamrigam Daite What is he doing in the forest? Does it mean Mahabrabhu was going and preaching to monkeys? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> he went to the forest. It's 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 a metaphorical forest. See what he did. He actually went to the city of Jagannath Puri. And he went to all the capitals in South India hmm? to liberate the people. To get the people. He didn't go to the forest, sit hmm? in a typical, you know, uh, Gyanmarg kind of uh, fashion of um, uh, contemplative life. He had a contemplative life in the end that arose out of his dispensation, his compassion, his outreach, his preaching, that went, you know, took him to the, to the far south in India and, and across from east to west. He didn't go all the way to the north, but um, he traveled far and wide in India, and he was in, in, in involved in delivering um, people. So his sannyasa has a very positive um, aspect to it. The glorification of Krishna, the uh, and it was a, it was a device, as explained uh, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, that um, that he, he employed. Mm-hmm. So there's a precedent for such, even in the in the, in the person of Mahaprabhu himself, he employed this um, device of taking sannyas because, as a householder, thought people might might would overlook him in a sea of white. When I first went to Calcutta, maybe 1973 or four. I remember that the, the streets of Calcutta was a sea of white. Every man was wearing white. And uh, it was like you know, midday business in the market and so forth. Just an ocean of white cloth. <laughs> and uh, so you can imagine a, a saffron cloth or a red cloth person would stick out. Hmm? This is the idea to stick out, to label him, give him a uniform. This is a person you can get help from. He, you know, he has transcended the the, the commerce and so on and so forth. Uh, he's living like the um, by, by by the grace of the grace of God, and that's a lesson for all of us where we have to go. And so forth. now you'd probably be lucky to see you see Brigham only dressed in white, <laughs> maybe Calcutta <laughs> and everybody in, in, in Western dress and so forth. But um, Mahaprabhu reasoned like this: If I take sannyas, then naturally people will, will show deference, and then I create by that a teaching moment. Is the point? Create a teaching. Oh, sannyasi, we should we should be respectful. We should listen, and so on. So this was um, his uh, preaching strategy. It's not an anga bhakti. 
but he employed it as a preaching strategy. And Bhaktisiddhan Sarasvatapu did something similar, and it was uh, it was successful. And and we're not hesitant to look at such preaching strategies and see if, if they can be adjusted in the present time. But this is very much required. Like the like the precedent of giving the Brahmin thread also. It was not given. Bhaktivinoda took off the Brahmin thread that he received in his youth when he became a Vaishnava because this was the custom that by taking Vaishnava Diksha you transcend the Varnashram Diksha for which are the in the samskaras of Varnashram to receive the Upanayana. Hmm? <coughs> so it was a way of saying that Bhakti uh, more transcends the Varnashram. And Bhakti Siddhartha gave the Brahman threads to disciples for the same reason, to make the same point hmm? in a different uh, time and circumstance when Bodhi Vaishnavas weren't being, wasn't like everybody went, oh, Bhakti Vinod has taken off his thread, he's become a Vaishnav, we should show him respect. The Vaishnavas were of uh, not getting much respect. Hmm? And that was a concern of Bhakti, you know, to mission Bhakti Siddhanta, to conduct a mission in such a way that the dignity of the mission of Mahaprabhu would be, would be um, understood by the pious, educated people and so forth. So we wanted to say, who is a Vaishnava is automatically a Brahman, who has Adhikar to do the Seva Puja in the temple. Hmm? So people would see, oh, they've got a thread, okay. They're bona fide to do the worship. Hmm. And then the Godiots people, his disciples, were also intimidated by the climate, and to encourage them, no, you're, you're, you're more than a, you're leaving the Varnashram. Like Arjuna said, what, are you, what will happen to me if I you know, leave the Dharma hmm, and become a yogi and I'm not be successful? No, no, there's no question about being successful, Krishna says. Hmm. He says, Krishna really says, think about it like this. If you are unsuccessful in yoga, you will achieve what you could only achieve if you were fully successful in karma. <laughs> you would have <laughs> by being unsuccessful in yoga. <laughs> so don't worry, there's no question of not being successful. And in karma marg, there is no success, unless you come to yoga marg, or really to, to bhakti yoga marg. That's a, a success. Hmm. It's a, the whole karma marg preaching is a, is a, well, it's a preaching strategy of the shastras, the whole thing. Hmm. Do this and you'll get this. Some glittering, something hanging, you'll get this. Hmm. Of course, you get more than that. You start to believe in God and you see the efficacy of the shastras and so forth. And you become open to all that it has to say. Hmm. Then starts to tell you things are not important, you are important, what are you, and so on and so forth. We've made these points many times. But so, our point here today is what? That the Mahabharata encouraged Vishvaru, we told his parents, no, it's good he took sannyas, and, and so, although there is this statement in the scriptures, there's one statement, an isolated one, in the very same Purana, sannyas is glorified also, and it's written for Kali Yuga. Many Mahaprabhu's associates were sannyasis. Nine principal sannyasis amongst his associates were, are, the, are the figurative roots 
to the tree of love of God. Which hmm? is naturally rooted in, in, in renunciation in a sense. So you have to look at both of these things and see, well, there has to be some middle road here. There's one statement of scripture says it's forbidden in Kali Yuga, and then there's this whole, even God himself is taking some house in Kali Yuga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, you know, the, the famous, uh, uh, you know, Deva Dutta doesn't eat hmm, throughout the day, and Deva Dutta is gaining weight. So, this is an example of two statements that don't make sense in the scripture. And so then you have to undergo the exercise of coming to a a third uh, explanation that harmonizes the two contradictory things. And so you conclude, oh, he's staying up at night and eating, (laughs) obviously. How can he get that? So, so, (laughs) So you have to balance these statements and so... It's a certain type, so they argue a certain type of sannyasa might be taken, a certain people. Um, um, what exactly the, 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 the third thing is, uh, probably would say the spirit of sannyasa, and then it can take some formal shape and so forth. Of course, in Paul and Gaudi Vaishnavism, it's really that the formal sannyasa is a bit of a bit of a um, as I say, is a device for, um, and it's different too. I mean, we're not wearing tree bark here, and um, and we're fully engaged in the service of Dadi Gopal, Radhamanava, just like ordinary householders. We're worried about the budget, how to meet the make ends meet, and so forth. It's the same difference. The Krishna's temple. So Mahabhu is 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 favorable um, towards the sannyasa Vishparupa, and of course he consoles his parents by saying that I will I will stay here and I will um, take care of you. Ekdin naivedya tambul kaya bhumite podila prabhu ache um, then what, one day Mahaprabhu ate betel nuts that had been offered to the deity but they acted as an intoxicant and he fell down on the ground unconscious Asti Vyasti Pitta Matta Muke Dilapani Sushta Han Kahe Prabhu Apuva Kahini His father and mother sprinkled water on his mouth with great haste and the Lord revived and said something wonderful that they had never heard before. Related to our discussion, it says, Mahaprabhu said, Vishparup took me away from here and he requested me to accept sannyas. Whoa. Amikahi, Amar Anatha. Pitomata, Amibalaka, Sanyase, Kiba Janikata. I replied, Vishparup, I have my helpless father and mother, and I'm also only a child. What do I know about the Sanyasa order of life? 
গৃহাস্ত্র হইয়া করিব পিত মাতার সেবন ইহাতেই তুষ্ট হবেন লক্ষ্মীনারায়ণ Later I shall become a householder and thus serve my parents for this action will very much satisfy Lord Narayan and his wife the goddess of fortune. Vishwarup returned home and requested Then Vishwarup returned me home and requested offer thousands and thousands of obeisances to my mother Sachi E Matanana Lila Kore Gaur Hari E Karne Lila Iha Pujite Napoi He says in this way Mahaprabhu performed various pastimes why he did so I cannot understand <laughs> it's beyond me hmm? They battled not passed out, and Vishwarup came and took him mystically and said, Come, take some years. He said, What about my mother? Hmm? Better I become a householder. So now we turn in this direction, of course, and he will take some years. That's the other thing. But he, he pacified them, and uh, one other thing. Kattadeen Rahi Mishra Gila Paraloka Mata Putra Kumhar Bodila Fridai Shoka. Even more reason for him to stay at home. Hmm? That after some days, Jagannath Mishra Gila Paralok. Jagannath Mishra went to the other world. Hmm? And both mother and son were very much grieved in their hearts. Jagannath Mishra passed. So now it's the, the, the soul. Uh, Mahabra with the boy has suddenly become the father of the house. Right? He has to take care of his mother. His father has passed away. His elder brother is gone. Bandhu Bhandavasi Umhar Prabhodila Pitri Kriya Bitti Matri Ishvara Kodila. Friends and relatives came to, there to pacify Mahabra and his mother, the Lord. Uh, even though he was the personality of God executed the rituals for the for his past for his father according to the Vedic system. So I've commented on this before but briefly it's um, excuse me notable that here is the description of the passing of Jagannath Mishra from the world right in the context of this discussion about sannyas. This Baruch took sannyas. He wants me my pundit me my take some yes me my pundit says how can I do that father pa- I, I should get married take care of my parents father passes away all the more reason for him to stay home hmm? Jagannath Mishra's passing is giving more reason for Mahaprabhu to stay home he's trying to make up as we know for time uh, for previous <laughs> his previous involvement taking Krishna out of Vrindavan. He leaves, now he has to stay. Yes. Mahaprabhu taking sannyas means Krishna leaving Vrindavan. Who orchestrated that? That Nanda Maharaj. Hmm? Nanda Maharaj arranged the whole thing 
I mean, it was time Bakura came and announced and so forth. And Nanda Maharaj pacified Yashoda and everybody to some extent enough that he could clear the bodies of the gopis <laughs> off the path and move forward. Some of the friends went along with him, of course, to see the match. Um, <laughs> but um, but this is a huge event. So it was Nanda Maharaj who took Krishna out of Vrindavan. Nanda Maharaj who promised to bring him back. And Nanda Maharaj came back empty-handed. And of course, as I've said before, no one, no one was upset with Nanda Maharaj when he came back because when he returned without Krishna, they knew that he was feeling not only his own separation from Krishna, but he was feeling everyone's separation from Krishna and feeling responsible for it. So his the depth of his um, separation and his transcendental pain in that. It, it's it, 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 it's uh, extraordinary, mm-hmm. and so of course they, they embraced him, seeing his condition, mm-hmm. and so here we are in Gorlila, and now it will be Sachi that takes him out. Mm-hmm. So you, Nanda you have to do it this time. So she, of course, sent him to Puri, and he went. He, he took some years, but then he was willing to come back. Mm-hmm. And then Nanda tricked him. He thought he was going to Vrindavan and brought him back to the way to his house. And there was Sachi and there were friends and so forth. And he placed himself in the hands of Sachi and said, What shall I do with me? What have I done? She could have said, Come back now. Of course, this, as we just quoted from Bhagavatam, this is a different Leela. This Leela he has to leave too. And he leave for our sake. Krishna also left for our sake. Hmm? He left and spoke Bhagavad Gita. That's our entry level there. From the Gita, we can go to the Bhagavatam. Gita takes us very systematically to the Bhagavatam. When it ends, Sarvadam and Pritha Jamami comes to remember. Now you know what to do. Then the Bhagavatam says, Dharma Projitakati Bhutra, Paramoni Matsapanam Satam, Vedyam Vastavamatravastu Shivaram, Tapatrayon Nuram, Srimad Bhagavate Bhamalikute Kimbaparayishpara. Just, just have faith in this. Just have faith in, even without faith in this. Krishna Chakravarti Thakur says, "Hearing the Bhagavatam, Krishna will become arrested in the heart." Dharma Projitakaitabhutra. Give up the Dharma. Sarva Dharma Purityaja. Dharma Projitakaitabhutra. That's the end of the Gita, the beginning of the Bhagavatam. Hmm? A new world. But you have to enter with spiritual intelligence. Hmm? Given from the Gita. That's probably to say, Gita is the world of spiritual intelligence, and Bhagavatam is the world of the, the soul itself. Hmm? So, Krishna spoke the Gita. One of the most powerful things he did outside of Vrindavan, and as we've shown in our commentary, hints of the Vrindavan are there. Hmm? Hints of the Vrindavan. In the Chatur Shloki of the Bhagavad, of the, of the Gita, there we find. Tushyanti cha, Ramanti cha. And this is what I'm about. Sumandarupa, Kamarupa Bhakti. Tushyanti cha, Ramanti cha. 
So Mahaprabhu, that much more, is leaving Nadia, which is Vrindavan, entering the forest to deliver the people and speak to Sanatana Siksha, Rupa Siksha, to hear Ramananda, the Arjun, if you will, of, of, of Chaitanya Lila, speak the Gita. Basically, this is what the Gita is about. You know, the, the, it's, it's examining different uh, sadhanas and sadhyas, practices and goals in relation to the practice and the goal of Uttambhati. And so, same with Ramana Samadhi, a little more Gaudiya, <laughs> quite a bit more Gaudiya, and it's, uh, and it, it's focused with the same principle idea. Uh, so, all these things, they're for us. Hmm? In Mahaprabhu's Madhya as an act of uh, sannyasi. And Sachi allowed it to happen. German Major couldn't, couldn't do it again. Hmm? <laughs> I can't do it. Not another time for me. So he left the world. And in doing so, he gave more reason for Mahaprabhu to stay there. Hmm? Going out of his way to say, I want him to stay. <laughs> I'm not taking him out. He had every reason to stay. I'm leaving. He's, he's, he's the, now the father of the house. So, this is how we will understand Jagannath Mishra's passing. Vihinamina griha dharma nahoi shobhana eta chinti vivaha kurite huilamana So then, after some days, Mahaprabhu thought, I didn't take sannyas since I'm remaining at home now. It's my duty to, to be married. Without a wife, there's no meaning to household life. Thus, he decided to marry. So this is the Grihidana Shiksha. This has already come up in the previous chapter, very slightly. Mahaprabhu was playing on the bank of the Ganges, and um, amongst all of his mischievous activities that are described there in his childhood, and this is his Balya Leela, also described as his interaction with the uh, young girls who were on the bank of the Ganges, Worshipping Mahadev, Shiv, trying to get a good husband, hmm? was their ideal, religious girls, and how Mahaprabhu would um, steal their offerings and tell them that you should worship me. He didn't tell them, you should marry me. He didn't say that. He said, you should worship me. Hmm? And then, if you worship me, you'll all get good husbands hmm? and have many children. And if you don't worship me, then you know, this will be your, your fate. You'll marry an impotent man or something. Or <laughs> and they and, and he was and and they he, they said, yeah, you know, come on, you're just one of us, you know, just one of the kids here, you know, stop this, you know. But he was so like powerful that they, they actually thought maybe he's right. Maybe we should worship him. You know? So they would give him garments and things and, and so forth. And amongst them, there was one that kind of, he took notice, Lakshmi, they exchanged glances, and so the future of their marriage 
this. You know, he's going to, it's going to be arranged hmm? by the 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 Brahman who took Rukmini's message hmm? when she was in prison to Krishna. Here he is appearing in Gorlila. He'll make the formal arrangement, talk to the parents and so on and so forth. But the interesting thing, important note from the previous chapter is that when this was brought up, hmm, this pastime, the um, there, there, the parallel in Krishna Leela of that pastime when Mahaprabhu was on the bank of the Ganges and um, stealing the offerings from the girls and so forth. The parallel is the Gopi Buster Harnalila, where Krishna goes and steals the um, garments from the gopis and so forth. Some of his friends accompanying him and, and, and so on at the time. Because in that Leela, uh, the, the, the main verse there is quoted by Mahaprabhu. Krishna says, I bless you, you know, you know the fruition of the gopis. Um, Vow their ideal, he blesses them, and it will happen. Hmm? And uh, of course, that is, we'll, we'll do it later formally. But consider yourself married. Hmm? So this is the parallel, but it comes out differently, obviously, in, in Gorlila. Hmm? And um, the girls are not desiring to have Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as their wife. There's no, there's no Nadia Nagar Bhav in there. We went over this, uh, I think it's Saragrahi, nice class on that, really was uh, able to bring home uh, the, uh, the, 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 this point, hmm? although there's a parallel between the two. Hmm? There's no example of these girls desiring a conjugal relationship um, with Krishna, and who he does have a relationship with is the one Lakshmi, and he is Krihidachikshu. He's a perfect example of, of a Grihasta. He's not got secret lovers and so on and so forth. None of this is, is going on. This is a very instructive um, uh, Leela in this regard. And so, close to the end, they're not Griham, Griham, Iti, Ahur, Grihini, Griham, Uchite, Teahi, Sahita, Sarvan. It's a Sanskrit verse. Merely a host is not a home, for it is, it is a wife who gives a home its meaning. If one lives at home with his wife together, then they can fulfill the interests of human life. Daive Kadina Prabhu Adiya Asite. One day then, when the Lord was coming back from school, he accidentally saw the daughter of Balabacharya on the way to the Ganges. Second time he's seen her now. Puva Siddha Bhava Dumha Udai Kurila Daive Bonamali Gatak Sachi Stane Vila. So the Lord, when the Lord and Lakshmi met, their relationship awakened having already been settled, and settled, having already been settled, and coincidentally, the marriage maker, Ramamali, 
came to see Satchimata. He, as I said, said to be the Vishwamrita to arrange the marriage of Sita and Ram. And again, he came in in Krishna Leela to arrange the marriage of Rukmini and Krishna. Here he's coming, the eternal associate of Mahaprabhu. To arrange his marriage to Krishna Priya. It's so beautiful. Sachira Ingite Sambandha Kodila Gautam Lakshmike Vivaha Kodila Sachira Nandana Following the indications of Sachi, Ranamali arranged the marriage and thus in due course the Lord married Lakshmi Devi. Haribo! 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 Sutra Prakash. Thakur has elaborately described all these pastimes of the Lord of the Lord's early age. What I have given is but a condensed presentation of the same pastimes. The Lord performed many varieties of pastimes in his early age and Shilabandabandas Thakur has described them elaborately. Atta eva dina matra ihan dekaila chaitanya mangale sarva loke khyata huila. I have given but a single hint of these pastimes for Bandabandas Thakur in his book Chaitanya Mangal, now Chaitanya Bhagavad, has described them vividly. Shilabu Raghunata Padejaras Chaitanya. Charitamrita Kohe Krishna Das Shri Krishna Das Kaviraj Kusami Mahashai Ki Jai Shri Chaitanya Charitamrita Ki Jai Go Nitananda Ki Jai Raji Gopal Ki Jai Shri Shri Gorada Mahatma Ki Jai Shri Gauri Vashna Guru Parampara Ki Jai Shri Bhakti Nod Parivar Ki Jai Gaur Bhakti Vrinda Ki Jai Gaur Premanandri